Good morning, everybody, and welcome to church. So great to have you uh, joining with us at Global Heart Church today here in Perth. And uh, wherever you are this morning, I want to give you a big welcome, or this afternoon, or tonight, whenever you tune in. And uh, wherever you're at, you're at home, you're on the couch, you're on the porch, in the back veranda, you're at the dining room table, you are in bed, wherever you are. I want to give you a big welcome to our service today. And really praying and believing once again today that the Lord is going to speak to you from His Word and really speak into your life right now and help you be who God's called you to be. And I believe have all that He's planned for you to have. God's got a lot for you to receive, a lot uh, both inwardly and I believe externally for your life. So I'm really praying that this Word today is going to help you and uh, help you to receive that. So I hope you got some uh, coffee there or a cup of tea, whatever you got to just sit and if you can stay with me throughout the word i'd really love it if you hung on right to the end of the word because i believe that there's something about you know leaning in and then staying to really receive what i believe is you know finally what god's got for you and then also for me to be able to pray that into your life so i want to pray to you for you at the end of the message and i also want to give people who don't yet know jesus maybe you've been on the journey to getting to know god or maybe First time you've ever tuned into one of our services. Welcome. So good to have you. I'm also going to give you an opportunity at the end of this service to be included in a short prayer. But that prayer has great power. I prayed a very similar prayer 39 years ago when I became a Christian and it changed my life, rocked my world and took me into a brand new, uh, I believe, a brand new destiny that God had planned for me all along. So that is going to be happening at the end of my message as well. But right now, I'd love to pray for you. So let's do that as we head into the message. So uh, let me pray for you right where you're at. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every person who's tuned in uh, today and who's under the sound of my voice. Thank you, God, that this is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power in your word. And I just pray, Father, let your word, Father, as it goes forth, let it produce life in the hearer, let it produce salvation in the hearer, and I pray, Father, it would produce revelation in the hearer. Lord, we like information, but we really need insight and revelation. So I pray, Father, give that to every heart and to every life. And I just pray for every person, Lord, breakthrough today. I pray peace in their heart, peace in their home. I pray great faith, Lord. And I pray, Father, your miracles coming to pass both now and in the future, both internally and externally. And we just give you thanks and praise, Lord, for what you have planned for every person who's tuning in to hear this message today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Well, so grateful for all of our team here at Global Heart Church. Pastor Spencer speaking last week, bringing such a great message. We're very blessed to have so many uh, great people and really people who are able to communicate the gospel really well. So grateful for them. And uh, in line with that, I've entitled my message today, The Gratefulness Revelation. The Gratefulness Revelation. I've been feeling, you know, stirred, provoked by the Lord, I feel. And I believe it's a stirring, not just for myself, but for all of us right now, once again in this season that we're in, to really be working to develop gratefulness and I think that really comes from a revelation of spending time with God and asking God to show us what he's done and what he is doing in our lives that we may not currently be able to see. You need to know God is at work. So my message is the gratefulness revelation 
Because when you get a revelation of the importance of being grateful in your life, really it sets in motion so many things that are going to begin to happen, so many great miracles that are going to begin to happen. And really it sets in motion great breakthroughs in your own life. And I'm believing for that for you today. So we need a revelation <laughs> of what we need to be grateful for. I know about you, I'm very grateful for a whole lot of things, but I can forget sometimes as to what's in my hand, what's in my life, who's in my life, who's around my life. Right now, I've got to be especially grateful because uh, Sue and I and our family have just welcomed our first grandson and uh, we are absolutely pumped and he is nine pounds and uh, very healthy, fit little key and boy ready to rock the world. And uh, I know his uh, uncles and aunties are also very excited that he is here. So we've got a lot to be grateful for today in his coming to the planet in such a time as this. So gratefulness, everybody, you know, it unlocks a lot in your life. I don't know about you, but I've met a lot of people who just doesn't matter what they get, doesn't matter how good it is. Some people just never seem to be grateful. And I really think that uh, that works against us. So we really need to say, Lord, give us a revelation of the power of gratefulness in order that we can walk into his purpose and plan. Merriam-Webster Dictionary gives us a de definition of being grateful. It means appreciative of benefits received. Whoa, you've received benefits. That's true. In God's kingdom, the Bible is telling us all the time, be thankful because we have received benefits. This life has multi-layered, multiple benefits when you're serving the Lord. It means to express gratitude. Great. Gratefulness means if you really got a revelation of gratefulness, it means that you are beginning to express it towards other people. You've got a thankfulness coming. You, your words are coming out. You're telling people, I'm grateful. And you're thanking people for the blessing that they are and the blessing that they bring to your life. It means grateful thanks. It means affording pleasure or contentment. Wow. The Christian life talks about that, that walking with God brings contentment. And so it's saying here, we should be grateful really for that contentment. So pleasing by reason of comfort supplied or discomfort alleviated. Wow. Pleasing by reason of comfort supplied or discomfort alleviated. Wow. I have had comfort supplied and I had a lot of discomfort alleviated coming from really a very broken background into God's kingdom which has helped me particularly in the early days to be so so grateful to God but as you get older and as time goes on you have to watch because that gratefulness can leak and you got to make a decision to keep uh, building gratefulness into your life and actually saying Lord give me a revelation afresh of what you've done in my life what you're doing through my life and Lord help me to develop a new level of gratefulness. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, New King James Version says, In everything, give thanks. In everything, be grateful, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The Bible's saying if you're really wanting to know what the will of God is, because we're always like, Lord, what's your will? What's your will? What's your will? The Bible actually says if you want to nail it into one thing, it's to be thankful and grateful to God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You know, in John 6, 26 uh, and verse 27, the Bible says, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, seek me, 
not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. God's word there in John encouraging us, don't labor for food that, you know, it doesn't satisfy. In fact, it doesn't uh, last. It perishes and it fades. Many people are caught up laboring for things that are actually fading, perishing. It's amazing how, you know, in our culture, you get something, it's the coolest thing, it's the latest thing, and then 18 months later, they're telling you that's out of date, that is not cool any longer, and then we feel unsatisfied, and we've got to go out and buy the new thing, and it kind of gets you on a treadmill. The Bible says to us, get off that treadmill. Don't labor for those things, because they're perishing, and uh, we, need to, we need to make our focus the food that lasts. That's the food that Jesus can give us, and uh, that food lasts for eternity. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, the Bible tells us that God led the children of Israel through the desert, and he fed them by a thing called manna, which in the morning looked like dew on the ground, uh, if you looked at it. But when they picked it up, it was like a, a, like a sweet bread, a cake, and they'd put it together. And that sweet bread cake, they would uh, begin to eat on that and feed on that. And that would get them going, get them moving, uh, you know, following the cloud into the promised land and into God's purpose. And really, that's metaphorically, if you like, speaking to all of us about God feeds us, God sustains us. And uh, I think I heard some of our young people uh, on many occasions saying, you know, this is sweet. Well, that was a sweet bread they were having. And God's life for us here on planet Earth, uh, if we will walk in his plan, if we will walk in his will, it's intended to be sweet. It's intended to be satisfying. And um, I think we... We get caught up chasing things and we get hungry for things and we wonder what is that thing within us that's not satisfied? What is that discontentment? And really that discontentment ultimately is a hunger for spiritual things. Whatever you're hungering for now, you might think, well, if I did get that, if I get that, if I have this, do that, then I'm going to be, uh, then I'm going to be finally happy. Well, do you know what? I don't think we ever hear of a person who says, I got it and now my life is finally there. Um, In fact, uh, the American poet Wallace Stevens said, uh, even in contentment, I still feel the need for imperishable bliss. He was saying, even with the things around me, even though I've got this and that's there and that's that, he said, even in this contented state, I feel, still feel the need for imperishable bliss. Mr. Stevens was saying there's something missing. There's something that is not quite fulfilled yet. And even in my contented state, I'm still hungry. Uh, things in this life, everybody, fade. You can't keep what's fading. Wallace Stevens was acknowledging that. Uh, there's things fading. I can't, I can't keep them. This, as soon as I get contented, I'm then unhappy. He said, it's all fading. I think I need some imperishable bliss, some bliss and joy that does not fade. Well, the Bible tells us that we, you know, we're only going to find that in Jesus Christ. We're all longing for something we can actually keep. Well, that's not in a person and it's certainly not in a thing. It's not in a created thing. It's only to be found, the Bible teaches us, in God. Um, 
Yeah, uh, heard somebody say the giant, that giant thing that people think would make their lives bearable, and when they finally got it, nothing changed, and they were still frustrated and still unhappy. C.S. Lewis said in his uh, book, Mere Christianity, he said, very powerfully, <laughs> I'll get to it, <laughs> most people, if they really learn to look into their own hearts, would know, that they, would know that they do want and want actually something that cannot be had in this world. There are all sorts of things in this world that offer to give it to you, but they never quite keep their promises. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Wow. Everyone, you are made for another world. <laughs> There's something put into our hearts, something in our spirits, something in our lives that tells us this is not it. But when you walk with God, God takes you on a journey. And that journey is the promised land for your life. And I want to declare over you, it's going to be sweet. And if it's not sweet at the moment, it's going to become sweet. And if you're not yet a believer... God has planned a sweet life for you where you have something that people without Christ don't know about, don't understand, can't put their finger on, that can be experienced and in actual fact is only experienced when you're walking with God. You know, gratitude, when it's a revelation about where you're at in life and what you have and your provision and who's in your life and you know, that, that there is goodness around you. Gratitude turns what you have into enough. And thankfulness muscles respond to exercise and they develop gratitude abs. <laughs> you begin to get strength uh, and you begin to, you know, you begin to get this uh, spiritual strength and ability to be grateful where you're like, hang on, I'm even in a situation right now where it's not that good, but I have a sense of thankfulness. I have a uh, I feel strongly grateful. I really believe that's when we have developed uh, and exercised our thankfulness muscles through thanking God and, in actual fact, thanking others. You know, gratitude changes atmospheres. Gratitude changes atmospheres. If you just lost your job, don't start speaking the negative about that. Change the atmosphere by saying, Lord, thank you, you got something better for me you've failed in some area, if something's gone wrong, just begin to praise God and thank God that God's got it and God's going to bring, uh, bring you through. Gratitude changes atmospheres. Firstly, the atmosphere in us. He changes that atmosphere in us where faith can now begin to grow in us. Um, gratefulness and thankfulness would change the atmosphere in a job. You may have said, I just don't like this job. It's amazing how you start getting grateful for it. You start getting thankful for it. For it, particularly when other people have lost their job and suddenly you're like, you know what, it's changing and you can see, hang on, the people around you and maybe God's got you there to be kind to somebody, to be help somebody, to be somebody who is, becomes a friend to them in need in their situation. Uh, it'll change the atmosphere in a family. Gratefulness will change the atmosphere in a church. And also a gratefulness and gratitude, it opens doors. I've watched over years the people who around my life have been grateful and had gratitude for various things, be it a job or relationships or opportunities. And I just watched how it opened a door 
uh, to another level of blessing or another level of opportunity. Just remember that, everybody. Developing gratitude and a revelation of gratitude opens doors for your future. Gratitude changes you. Wow. Yeah, when I was ungrateful and unthankful, which, you know, I got to watch that because that can creep back on. But when I allow it to come on, it just shrinks me back. It just pulls me down. But gratitude changes you and begins to lift you. It begins to lift you from the inside and uh, that gratitude overflows in your life, in your job, your workplace, your family, your ministry. And uh, you begin to lose what I like to call a sense of entitlement. When I first became a Christian, I had a sense of entitlement. I'd suffered and been through difficulty and you know, had uh, neglect and experienced poverty at times throughout my childhood. I had a sense of somebody owes me. And as I began to get grateful for what I did have, it was amazing how even though it was little, it began to be fantastic because there was a revelation of gratefulness as I drew near to God and started to count my blessings. Hello, count your blessings, write them down. And uh, it, I began to change from negativity to living a life where when everything began to happen that was good, I saw it as a bonus. Begin to see the good things in your life as a bonus. Begin to see that person who's being a blessing to you as a bonus from God. Don't count what's not happening. Count the bonuses and thank God for them. Let's be grateful to God, everybody, too. In Luke 17, the Bible tells us that there were 10 lepers who came to Jesus and uh, they're all crying out, have mercy on us and want to be healed of their leprosy. And uh, in verse uh, 15 of Luke 17, it says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus answered and, answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. How amazing, 10 people were healed. 10 who had leprosy were healed. And the Bible tells us that Jesus got a 10% return. One person came back to say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. And he wasn't even of the children of Israel. And so he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus said, isn't there even one person in the family who was going to come back and say thank you to me? Uh, instead, he got a 10% return by uh, this one Samaritan who came back. You know, over the years in serving God and being a Christian, I've seen people come to church, get saved, got their marriage healed, they got healed, they got a job, got friends, they got helped, they, uh, you know, they, they got so much, they met their partner in church, got married, and then they left and you never saw them again. And you're like, what was that about? And the reality was, no gratefulness revelation. All this goodness coming to their life that they didn't have before, and now through that taking it for granted, spirit of entitlement, suddenly they were out of God's house, and I don't know where they're at today, but you're like, gee, I wonder what happened there. And then I read this, and it helps me. If Jesus had a 10% return, then I need to figure the odds probably in my life and, you know, and sometimes in church life are not going to be a whole lot greater. My prayer for you and my prayer for everybody at Global Heart Church is we do a lot better than 10% in people who are returning, 
you know, to God daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, throughout their life, saying, God, I'm so grateful for what you have done. You know, gratefulness too will cause you to stand on the shoulders of others with thankfulness. You begin to thank those who helped you get to where you're at. When did you last thank somebody who helped you come to Christ? When did you last thank somebody who helped you get a job? When did you last thank somebody who helped you get helped and get healed and get blessed? When did you verbally thank them, write a letter to them, write a card to them? We need to get active in our gratefulness and just don't assume that people know you're thankful. Don't just assume that people know you're grateful. And in actual fact, it does something in you when you thank others for what they have sown into your life and how they've helped you. We need to stand on the shoulders of those who have blessed us and helped us and we need to shout gratefulness in their direction. Um, now, gratitude changes generations. <laughs> gratitude changes generations. I don't know if you know this, but you're one generation away from brokenness. I'm literally one generation away from housing commission and poverty through my decision to invite Jesus Christ into my life at the end of my teen, teen years. It changed my life, changed my family's life. But just because you haven't been there doesn't mean that you can't go there in one generation. I've come from there. I don't want to go back. I can develop gratefulness. But sometimes I meet people and you know, sometimes I meet Christians who life's okay. Life's been okay. Well, because life's okay doesn't mean that you can't go to where I came from. So let me say this, you're one generation away from housing commission. You're one generation away from poverty. And if you're in housing commission now, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just want to encourage you, don't st stay there. Where I lived in Sydney as a teenager, it was very challenging and surrounded me with a lot of, uh, you know, thinking that was not going to help me to go forward. So if you're there now, you know, just believe to get up and get moving and do better. But just realize that you're one generation away from pain and problems without a spirit of gratefulness. Don't take for granted what's happening in your life right now. We, uh, we need to all take it humbly in Jesus' name. Psalm 100 verse 4 to 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So as I come to an end, can I just encourage all the parents right now? Parents, if you're grateful to God then the highest way that you can show gratefulness is by passing it to your children. Can I encourage you, pass to your children, verbally teach them, verbally example it, verbally worship God in God's house, verbally speak well of God, His house, His pastors, His leaders, His people. Be grateful for Him, grateful for them, and uh, you know, teach them that we're grateful for God's supply, the job you have, the business you have. You know, grateful to God, parents turn their children into a cheer squad and not into a group of people who are reluctant towards God and reluctant towards His house. Parents, if you're grateful to God, let your children know. And in fact, let your grandchildren know. Gather them, speak to them, encourage them, example to them. God's been good to us. And make sure that you're setting up the next generation, not for iniquity, but for equity as you pass on the spirit of gratefulness, the heart of thankfulness, and set other generations in play. Gratefulness brings the blessing. This world does not satisfy. C.S. Lewis had it. Wallace Stevens, the American poet, he got it. There's something missing. 
Only God can satisfy. And I want to encourage you, He wants to satisfy as we just read with sweet bread, with sweet things. The Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. Believers, your life and what God's got for you is going to get better as you continue to grow and as you seek God for a revelation on what you do have and thank Him for it now and thank Him in advance for what He's planned for you in the days ahead. I'd like to pray for everybody right now. I firstly want to pray for those people who you don't yet know Jesus. You're on a journey. Can I encourage you? Welcome. We're so glad uh, that you're hearing the, the Word of God today. I was where you were or many years ago, but my acceptance of a prayer. I didn't know if God was real, but I decided if God's real, I'm going to be very unwise to miss out on knowing him. If he's real and get to the end of my life and realize, hang on, God was real. He had a plan. I missed it. This wasn't logical to me. So I made a decision to open my heart to God. That decision to open my heart to God, God met me and came into my life. And the rest is history. He forgave me of my sin. I received, I believe that day, eternal life. And I believe today you can receive it too. So if that's you and you're saying, yes, Pastor Jared, please pray for me, include me in that prayer, then I'm here to do that today. And what I would ask you to do is just to simply pray after me in this prayer. If you're a believer, join me in this prayer too. But if you're not yet a believer or if you're away from God, join with me in this prayer by praying after me. And today we welcome you into the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. So pray after me. Here we go. Dear Lord, I come to you now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask you, God, please forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, wash me, cleanse me, set me free. Put all my faith, my hope, in your finished work on the cross. Thank you for dying for me. Help me, Jesus, now to follow after you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, congratulations. And uh, welcome into the kingdom of God. How fantastic, how wonderful. Tell five people that you prayed that prayer. That's a great thing to do. I got bold and told some friends I became a Christian. So uh, go ahead and do that. If you hit the button down below, just let us know, hey, I prayed that prayer. One of our team will be there to encourage you in your next step as a believer. Fantastic. I want to pray for everybody else too as we finish now. So right where you are, if you want to just reach your hands out, I just want to pray over you and uh, just pray that God's going to give you a great revelation of gratefulness. Let me pray for you. Well, Father, I'm grateful for every person who's tuning in to my voice today, more importantly to your word. And I just pray, Father, give them a revelation of what they have in their hands, who they have in their life, who they have around them. Father, I pray, Lord, that they begin to live life seeing anything good that happens as a bonus, not pointing out what they don't have. And I pray, Father, give them a, a revelation of you, your purpose, your love, your grace. And Father, thank you that you have them in the palm of your hand now. And I just thank you, Lord, you're going to bring them through in that job. Father, I pray for jobs. I pray for job promotions. I pray for their business, bless it. I pray for business opportunities. I pray for businesses to start, God. But Father, I just pray in all of it that it all be done to your glory. I pray it now and I pray you bless every hearer in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for being with me today, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I pray that you're supernaturally blessed all week in Jesus' name.